0: Chapter 13 It was all very well to join them, but speaking to them proved quite as much as ever an effort beyond my strength, offered, in close quarters, difficulties as insurmountable as before. This situation continued a month, and with new aggravations and particular notes, the note above all, sharper and sharper, of the small, ironic consciousness on the part of my pupils, It was not, I am as sure today as I was sure then, my mere infernal imagination. It was absolutely traceable that they were aware of my predicament and that this strange relation made, in a manner, for a long time, the air in which we moved. I don't mean that they had their tongues in their cheeks or did anything vulgar, for that was not one of their dangers. I do mean, on the other hand, that the element of the unnamed and untouched became between us greater than any other, and that so much avoidance could not have been so successfully effected without a great deal of tacit arrangement. It was as if, at moments, we were perpetually coming into sight of subjects before which we must stop short, turning suddenly out of alleys that we perceived to be blind, closing with a little bang that made us look at each other for, like all bangs, it was something louder than we had intended, the doors we had indiscreetly opened. All roads lead to Rome, and there were times when it might have struck us that almost every branch of study or subject of conversation skirted forbidden ground. Forbidden ground was the question of the return of the dead in general, and of whatever, in especial, might survive in memory, "'of the friends little children had lost. "'There were days when I could have sworn "'that one of them had, with a small invisible nudge, "'said to the other, "'She thinks she'll do it this time, but she won't. "'To do it would have been to indulge for instance, "'and for once in a way, "'in some direct reference to the lady "'who had prepared them for my discipline.' They had a delightful endless appetite for passages in my own history, to which I had again and again treated them. They were in possession of everything that had ever happened to me, had had, with every circumstance, the story of my smallest adventures, and of those of my brothers and sisters, and of the cat and the dog at home, as well as many particulars of the eccentric nature of my father, of the furniture and arrangement of our house, and of the conversation "'of the old women of our village. "'There were things enough, "'taking one with another, to chatter about, "'if one went very fast, "'and knew by instinct when to go round. "'They pulled, with an art of their own, "'the strings of my invention and my memory. "'And nothing else, perhaps, "'when I thought of such occasions afterward, "'gave me so the suspicion "'of being watched from under cover. "'It was, in any case, over my life, my past, and my friends alone, that we could take anything like our ease. A state of affairs that led them sometimes, without the least pertinence, to break out into sociable reminders. I was invited, with no visible connection, to repeat afresh, goody goslings-celebrated Mott, or to confirm the details already supplied as to the cleverness of the vicarage pony. It was partly at such junctures as these, and partly at quite different ones, that, with the turn my matters had now taken, my predicament, as I have called it, grew most sensible. The fact that the days passed for me without another encounter ought, it would have appeared, to have done something towards soothing my nerves. Since the light brush that second night on the upper landing of the presence of a woman at the foot of the stair... I had seen nothing, whether in or out of the house, that one had better not have seen. There was many a corner round which I expected to come upon Quint, and many a situation that, in a merely sinister way, would have favoured the appearance of Miss Jessel. The summer had turned, the summer had gone, the autumn had dropped upon Bly, and had blown out half our lights. The place, with its grey sky and withered garlands, its bared spaces and scattered dead leaves, was like a theatre after the performance, all strewn with crumpled playbills. There were exactly states of the air, conditions of sound and of stillness, unspeakable impressions of the kind of ministering moment that brought back to me long enough to catch it, the feeling of the medium in which, that June evening, out of doors, I had had my first sight of Quint, and in which, too, at those other instants, I had, after seeing him through the window, looked for him in vain in the circle of shrubbery. I recognized the signs, the portents, I recognized the moment, the spot. But they remain unaccompanied and empty, and I continued unmolested. If unmolested, one could call the young woman whose sensibility had, in the most extraordinary fashion, not declined... "'but deepened. "'I had said in my talk with Mrs. Grouse "'on that horrid scene of floors by the lake, "'and had perplexed her by so saying, "'that it would from that moment distress me much more "'to lose my power than to keep it. "'I had then expressed what was vividly in my mind, "'the truth that, whether the children really saw or not, "'since, that is, it was not yet definitely proved,' I greatly preferred, as a safeguard, the fullness of my own exposure. I was ready to know the very worst that was to be known. What I had then had an ugly glimpse of was that my eyes might be sealed just while theirs were most opened. Well, my eyes were sealed, it appeared at present, a consummation for which it seemed blasphemous not to thank God. There was, alas, a difficulty about that, I would have thanked him with all my soul had I not, in a proportionate measure, this conviction of the secret of my pupils. How can I retrace today the strange steps of my obsession? There were times of our being together when I would have been ready to swear that, literally in my presence, but with my direct sense of it closed. They had visitors who were known and were welcome. Then it was that, had I not been deterred by the very chance that such an injury might prove greater than the injury to be averted, my exultation would have broken out. They're here, they're here, you little wretches, I would have cried, and you can't deny it now. The little wretches denied it with all the added volume of their sociability and their tenderness, in just the crystal depths of which, like the flash of a fish in a stream, the mockery of their advantage peeped up, The shock, in truth, had sunk into me still deeper than I knew on the night when, looking out to see either Quint or Miss Jessel under the stars, I had beheld the boy over whose rest I watched, and who had immediately brought in with him had straightway, there, turned it on me, the lovely upward look with which, from the battlements above me, the hideous apparition of Quint had played. If it was a question of a scare... My discovery on this occasion had scared me more than any other, and it was in the condition of nerves produced by it that I had made my actual inductions. They harassed me so that sometimes at odd moments I shut myself up audibly to rehearse it was at once a fantastic relief and a renewed despair, the manner in which I might come to the point. I approached it from one side and the other while, in my room, "'I flung myself about. "'But I always broke down in the monstrous utterance of names. "'As they died away on my lips, "'I said to myself that I should indeed "'help them to represent something infamous, "'if, by pronouncing them, "'I should violate as rare a little case of instinctive delicacy "'as any schoolroom probably had ever known. "'When I said to myself, "'they have the manners to be silent,' and you, trusted as you are, the baseness to speak. I felt myself crimson, and I covered my face with my hands. After these secret scenes, I chattered more than ever, going on volubly, enough till one of our prodigious, palpable hushes occurred. I can call them nothing else. The strange, dizzy lift or swim. I try for terms, into a stillness, a pause of all life, that had nothing to do with the more or less noise that at the moment we might be engaged in making, and that I could hear through any deepened exhilaration or quickened recitation or louder strum of the piano. Then it was that the others, the outsiders, were there. Though they were not angels, they passed, as the French say, causing me, while they stayed, to tremble with the fear of their addressing to their younger victims, some yet more infernal message or more vivid image than they had thought good enough for myself. What it was most impossible to get rid of was the cruel idea that, whatever I had seen, Miles and Flora saw more, things terrible and unguessable, and that sprang from dreadful passages of intercourse in the past. Such things naturally left on the surface for the time a chill which we vociferously denied that we felt, and we had, all three, with repetition, got into such splendid training that we went, each time, almost automatically, to mark the close of the incident, through the very same movements. It was striking of the children at all events to kiss me inveterately with a kind of wild irrelevance and never to fail, one or the other, of the precious question that had helped us through many a peril. When do you think he will come? Don't you think we ought to write? There was nothing like that inquiry, we found by experience for carrying off an awkwardness. He, of course, was their uncle in Harley Street, and we lived in such profusion of theory that he might at any moment arrive to mingle in our circle. It was impossible to have given less encouragement than he had done to such a doctrine. But if we had not had the doctrine to fall back upon, we should have deprived each other of some of our finest exhibitions. He never wrote to them. That may have been selfish, but it was a part of the flattery of his trust of me. For the way in which a man pays his highest tribute to a woman is apt to be but the more festal celebration of one of the sacred laws of his comfort, "'and I held that I carried out the spirit of the pledge "'given not to appeal to him "'when I let my charges understand "'that their own letters were but charming literary exercises. "'They were too beautiful to be posted. "'I kept them myself. "'I have them all to this hour. "'This was a rule, indeed, "'which only added to the satiric effect "'of my being plied with the supposition "'that he might at any moment be among us.' It was exactly as if my charges knew how almost more awkward than anything else that might be for me. There appears to me, moreover, as I look back, no note in all this more extraordinary than the mere fact that, in spite of my tension and of their triumph, I never lost patience with them. Adorable they must in truth have been, I now reflect, that I didn't in these days hate them. Would exasperation, however, if relief had longer been postponed, finally have betrayed me? It little matters, for relief arrived. I call it relief, though it was only the relief that a snap brings to a strain or the burst of a thunderstorm to a day of suffocation. It was at least change, and it came with a rush. Chapter 14 Walking to church a certain Sunday morning, I had little Miles at my side, and his sister, in advance of us, and at Mrs. Grouse's, well in sight. It was a crisp, clear day, the first of its order for some time. The night had brought a touch of frost, and the autumn air, bright and sharp, made the church bells almost gay. It was an odd accident of thought that I should have happened at such a moment to be particularly and very gratefully struck with the obedience of my little charges. Why did they never resent my inexorable, my perpetual society? Something or other had brought nearer home to me that I had all but pinned the boy to my shawl, and that, in the way our companions were marshaled before me, I might have appeared to provide against some danger of rebellion. But all this belonged, I mean their magnificent little surrender, just to the special array of the facts that were most abysmal. Turned out for Sunday by his uncle's tailor, who had had a free hand and a notion of pretty waistcoats, and of his grand little heir, Miles' whole title to independence, the rights of his sex and situation, were so stamped upon him that if he had suddenly struck for freedom, I should have had nothing to say. I was by the strangest of chances wondering how I should meet him, when the revolution unmistakably occurred. I call it a revolution, because I now see how, with the word he spoke, the curtain rose on the last act of my dreadful drama, and the catastrophe was precipitated. "'Look here, my dear, you know,' he charmingly said. "'When in the world, please, am I going back to school?' "'Transcribed here, the speech sounds harmless enough,' particularly as uttered in the sweet, high, casual pipe with which, at all, interlocutors, but, above all, at his eternal governess, he threw off intonations as if he were tossing roses. There was something in them that always made one catch, and I caught, at any rate, now so effectually, that I stopped, as short as if one of the trees of the park had fallen across the road. There was something new, on the spot, between us, and he was perfectly aware that I recognized it, though to enable me to do so he had no need to look a whit less candid and charming than usual. I could feel in him how he already, from my at first finding nothing to reply, perceived the advantage he had gained. I was so slow to find anything that he had plenty of time, after a minute, to continue with his suggestive but inconclusive smile. "'You know, my dear,' "'that for a fellow to be with a lady always. "'His my dear was constantly on his lips for me, "'and nothing could have expressed more "'the exact shade of the sentiment "'with which I desired to inspire my pupils "'than its fond familiarity. "'It was so respectfully easy. "'But, oh, how I felt that at present "'I must pick my own phrases! "'I remember that, to gain time, I tried to laugh.' "'and I seemed to see in the beautiful face with which he watched me "'how ugly and queer I looked. "'And always with the same lady,' I returned. "'He neither blanched nor winked. "'The whole thing was virtually out between us. "'Ah, of course, she's a jolly, perfect lady. "'But after all, I'm a fellow, don't you see? "'That's, well, getting on.' "'I lingered there with him an instant ever so kindly.' "'Yes, you're getting on.' "'Oh, but I felt helpless. "'I have kept to this day the heartbreaking little idea "'of how we seem to know that, and to play with it. "'And you can't say I've not been awfully good, can you?' "'I laid my hand on his shoulder, "'for, though I felt how much better it would have been to walk on, "'I was not yet quite able. "'No, I can't say that, Miles.' "'except just that one night, you know. "'That one night? "'I couldn't look as straight as he. "'Why, when I went down, went out of the house. "'Oh, yes, but I forgot what you did it for. "'You forget?' "'He spoke with the sweet extravagance of childish reproach. "'Why, it was to show you I could. "'Oh, yes, you could. "'And I can again.' I felt that I might, perhaps, after all, succeed in keeping my wits about me. Certainly, but you won't. No, not that again. It was nothing. It was nothing, I said, but we must go on. He resumed our walk with me, passing his hand into my arm. Then when am I going back? I wore, in turning it over, my most responsible air. Were you very happy at school? "'he just considered. "'Oh, I'm happy enough anywhere.' "'Well, then,' I quavered, "'if you're just as happy here... "'Ah, but that isn't everything. "'Of course, you know a lot. "'But you hint that you know almost as much,' "'I risked as he paused. "'Not half I want to,' Miles honestly professed. "'But it isn't so much that... "'What is it, then?' "'Well, "'I want to see more life.' "'I see. I see.' "'We had arrived within sight of the church "'and of various persons, "'including several of the household of Bly, "'on their way to it "'and clustered about the door to see us go in. "'I quickened our step. "'I wanted to get there "'before the question between us opened up much further. "'I reflected hungrily that, for more than an hour, "'he would have to be silent.' and I thought with envy of the comparative dusk of the pew and of the almost spiritual help of the hassock on which I might bend my knees. I seemed literally to be running a race with some confusion to which he was about to reduce me, but I felt that he had got in first when, before we had even entered the churchyard, he threw out, "'I want my own sort.' It literally made me bound forward." "'There are not many of your sort, Miles,' I laughed, "'unless, perhaps, dear little Flora. "'You really compare me to a baby girl. "'This found me singularly weak. "'Don't you, then, love our sweet Flora? "'If I didn't, and you too, if I didn't,' he repeated, "'as if retreating for a jump, yet leaving his thought so unfinished "'that, after we had come into the gate, another stop,' which he imposed on me by the pressure of his arm, had become inevitable. Mrs. Grouse and Flora had passed into the church, the other worshippers had followed, and we were, for the minute, alone among the old, thick graves. We had paused on the path from the gate by a low, oblong, table-like tomb. Yes, if you didn't... He looked while I waited at the graves. Well, you know what? But he didn't move, and he presently produced something that made me drop straight down on the stone slab, as if suddenly to rest. Does my uncle think what you think? I markedly rested. How do you know what I think? Ah, well, of course I don't, for it strikes me you never tell me. But I mean, does he know? Know what, Miles? Why the way I'm going on? I perceived quickly enough that I could make to this inquiry no answer that would not involve something of a sacrifice of my employer. Yet it appeared to me that we were all, at Bly, sufficiently sacrificed to make that venial. I don't think your uncle much cares. Miles on this, stood looking at me. Then don't you think he can be made to? In what way? Why, by his coming down? but who'll get him to come down? I will, the boy said, with an extraordinary brightness and emphasis. He gave me another look, charged with that expression, and then marched off alone into church. Phoebe Reads a Mystery is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.